Hey guys, welcome to Who Cares? Thanks for tuning in. On this episode, Ross and I talk very specifically about our marriage and sex life. Uh, so if, uh, who should not listen to this? How would you say it? Um, I would say this episode is an NC-17 rating for family, yep. first and foremost, and um, friends of family that are over the age of... 45 to 50. Yeah. <laughs> Just only listen if you love us unconditionally. And if you have an open mind, an open heart. And an open and, and fuckhole. Woo! You stole the words right out of my fuckhole. <laughs> <laughs> who cares about Ross and Patrick? I don't care. Yeah, like who cares? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about? I don't know. I'm not so sure. Maybe we'll have a guest or two. The world's going up in flames, so like, who cares? Who cares? We care. Gross. <laughs> Were you thinking about getting a dog sometime? Because, man, it is great. You go to do your podcast, and then your dog just chews on your extension cord that plugs in the whole system. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> go adopt a pet. Do That's you, our PSA. Do you hate having a dog today? She's a headache with this kind of stuff. I mean, she's such a sweetheart and I love her, but man, that was pretty annoying just now. I looked down while we were recording and she had the wire in the back of her mouth. Just like, it, it would be like you chewing on a stick if you were getting surgery in World War II <laughs> or I guess the revolution. Like all the way in the back of her mouth, just like, like, with electricity going through the thing. Like, is this how dogs die? I don't know. Is her squeaker going to drive you nuts? No. If you hear a squeak in the background, that's our dog just entertaining like finally herself. leaving <laughs> us alone. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to that trainer. We're going to, we're going to do some work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Peggy is going to go to finishing school. And you get a break take tomorrow. Etiquette classes. Yeah. I'm going away on a trip. Where are you going? Why don't you tell the people where you're going? Oh, I'm going to Boston. It's Monday now when you're hearing this. We're recording early, so but I'm still there on Monday morning. So if you're listening to this episode and you see me, uh, don't talk to me about it because we're going to get deep, you guys. <laughs> Ross has convinced me don't to... Don't talk to you about it. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if, you, if you've heard the podcast and we're at the conference together, don't talk to me about it. Also, don't look at him. Don't look at him and... <laughs> Don't talk to him. Just compartmentalize what you know yes. about me the way I've done that with myself. Okay. Hide, mm -hmm. hide from yourself and me the true feelings <laughs> that you have about me. Okay. It'll be mutual. Uh, the feeling is mutual. So anyway, if it's your first time listening to the podcast, which I don't know, maybe it is. Uh, Ross and I are a married couple. And uh, in the last couple episodes, we've gotten very personal about some things that we've never really talked about in depth on this podcast. No. And uh, on this episode, we're just going to kind of get into like the kind of relationship we have, the kind of marriage we have, the life we currently have, the life we want, etc. So uh, yeah, we're going to kind of take it from the top, I guess. Um, you were kind of pep talking me. I've been, I've had mixed feelings about sharing this openly since we started the podcast, um, in my comedy, I talk about all the ins and outs of our relationship all the time on stage, but I feel protected because it's like, you know, a comedy room mm -hmm. where it's a limited amount of people. Uh, it's stand up comedy. So sometimes people don't even think it's true. Mm -hmm. So I have this layer of protection. Um, yeah. People ask you a lot, don't they? They're like, was all that true? Yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot. And, uh, with this, it feels like, no, we're just telling people the details of our yeah. life. So it feels very vulnerable. Um, and just a heads up, if you're listening, it's definitely too much information. If uh, you're a parent or relative and you don't want to know stuff about Ross and I and our sex life and our love life, uh, now's a good time to stop listening. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've just, I've just had mixed feelings about going, the, going in this direction for a long time, but you've given me lots of pep talks and, uh, and we've talked about it and I do believe that there's a, a higher purpose for, you know, just, just being who 
you are uh, loud and proud uh, in 2019, you know? Yeah, man. Dude. Yeah, person. Dude, man. <laughs> Hun, you look gorgeous right now. You're like so perfectly sun-kissed. Really? Yeah. Oh, you know why? Because I did two big things this week. I got a city bike account. So I've been city biking from appointment to appointment. Appointment to appointment. And I also got a fanny pack. So I'm living a whole new life. It's like I'm a different person. I'm not Patrick anymore. That's big dick energy right there. Yeah. I'm just, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Swing, swing in that D. Yeah. I got a big, big dick energy. I'm carrying my dick in my fanny pack, (laughs) which is slung around my shoulder. So, you know, it's long, very thin, (laughs) but long. And it has a plastic buckle bite mark in it now. You know, you know how you catch your yeah, skin. You catch yeah, your skin in yeah. that buckle, and then you pull it tight. That strap, you just yank on it. But you were already on the bike, so you're like, "Well, here I am. Yeah. Buckle in, buckle up. Sorry, dick." Sometimes I use my dick like a kickstand when it's good and hard. You oh know. Oh my god. I'll just say some off-color. Uh, grotesque jokes about my penis and that will hopefully filter out people that don't want to listen to this episode. That's true. Just like kick it off. Be like either you're in or you out. And that's like, well, then he started talking about his penis as a kickstand and that's when I hit stop. Yeah. That's when my, my mom also was like, would be like, Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. But I don't care. Whatever. We're talking about sex. We're talking about open marriage. Uh, So we came out as, Open, poly, ethically non-monogamous, what have yous. Yeah. Uh, two, three episodes ago? Two. Yeah, I think two ago, three ago. We had no, a, I think it was no, three, three ago. Yeah. Three. Um, oh, and by the way, thank you to our listeners for sticking with us on last week's episode. <laughs> I know that that was a rough one. Uh, we just wanted to commit to a weekly episode uh and i talked to my brother mm-hmm. number one fan of the show he's earned his spot uh and which he said he powered through that episode after three attempts <laughs> of listening yeah i don't even know what episode you're talking about La- episode 49 last- yeah last week is this- oh, there is no episode 49 it doesn't even exist yeah this is 49 right this is 50 but 49 49- in my mind, doesn't exist. It's the episode that never happened. Oh, okay. Yes, I see. Well, anyways, thanks for for those of you that listened to the episode that didn't happen. We appreciate you. You're the true fans. You're the true fans. Let no one... Oh, she's going near that fucking cord. She's chewing on the wire again, but it's not plugged in, so... Anyway, um, Peggy's got a death wish, maybe some minor anxiety. Uh... So, yeah, we've been... Well, I guess real quick, sorry I'm cutting you off again, but like you do have like a legitimate... I wish I could quote you on some of the things you were just saying uh, earlier. Like an hour ago, you came home and we were like, we got to record this because I'm going on this trip and we literally didn't know what to talk about. And and you, I was like, well, I guess we could just talk more about the details of our situation. Uh, but do we want to go in that direction? And, uh, and you basically said this phrase, you were like, well, this is what our podcast has been ramping up to becoming. Yes. I think that's kind of what you were saying. Yes. Uh, I think that this is our unique perspective and point of view and, um, experience, experience and something I've always been, uh, interested in sex and sexuality as something as something to explore and talk about. I majored in psychology and gender studies in college, and uh, I watched a lot of documentaries as like a kid and a teenager about like alternative sex lives and things. Um, so for me, it feels. Like, yeah, this is, this is what I want to be talking about, what I want to be doing. I think it's connected. I think everyone is connected to, um, not necessarily connected, but that everyone either embraces or struggles 
with their sexuality. Like it's a point of focus for all of us. Either you're trying not to focus on it or you are focusing on it, you know? Uh, And it informs a lot of stuff for people, you know? Yeah. Um, So I think it's really important. And I think that we are people that like to talk about things and flesh stuff out for we're processors lack of a not lack of a better phrase pun intended flesh stuff oh, out yeah we get fleshy we get fleshy <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored by fleshlight everybody <laughs> where we flesh it out that would be awesome um so yeah i do think this is what our podcast is about i think that um i think i'm sort of like embracing the idea that a gift of mine is that I like sharing intimate details about myself in order to connect with other people. And um, it's not something that I find hard or scary to do. And I, I like feeling like I'm helping other people by being so open. Like I obviously it's not like completely altruistic or anything. Like I'm getting something out of it obviously, but, um, I think that's what we have an opportunity to do here by sharing some of this stuff. And I mean, being funny and having fun with it, it doesn't have to be like so fucking earnest and heartfelt all the time. But, uh, I think it can be a good outlet for people. Yeah. That's my pitch. That's the pitch. Who's uh, listening? That's the show. Who's with are me? you still with us? <laughs> People are like, okay, so what are you going to talk about? Is that boring? Are you going to gonna talk that make about sense? talking about it or are you going to talk about it? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll spice things up. Ross said, so like, do you think on our podcast we'll like talk about you going to see a dominatrix? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I don't know if I want to get into specifics like that. Maybe that's for the Patreon. Uh, <laughs> Which we'll have at some point. Because you know what? We want to have a baby and something's got to pay for that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Open marriage. Uh, BDSM. Want to start a family. Who's with us? Who's with us? Who's on board? Ethical non-monogamy, abbreviation ENM. What's up? Electronic dance music, EDM. (laughs) Yeah, um, so there's like ENM in EDM, and it's like when you're fucking multiple partners while listening to EDM. (laughs) At a Skrillex show. Oh, that sounds so stressful, doesn't it? I love Skrillex. I like running to that music. Yeah, I get that. Oh, we do have a cute dog. She was just itching her face with her dumb paw. Look at her. I know. I love when she does that. <coughs> we love, I always love her. And sometimes I get worried that Patrick is like, why do we get this fucking dog? And then he'll like see her do something cute. And he's like, oh, no, I love her. And I hate her at the same time. <sighs> Welcome to my world, Peg. <laughs> uh, Peg, maybe you should try multiple owners. That might help out with your. <laughs> you're coming in a little hot on your mic. Can you just back off just a little bit? Like, we got a solution for this. I know. I I was thinking for visually for the camera, maybe it was time to graduate you off the windscreen. Turns out I still need it. You need it. Turns out I still need it. It's like a mic condom. I was going to say, speaking of windscreens. (laughs) Put a condom on that penis if it's not your husband's. Okay. Okay. Um, So... Yeah, we've been open for almost two years. No, it is. Well, it's two years. Two years since. It has been two years since. The anniversary I was not familiar with at the time. Uh, Yeah, uh, two years ago, I uh, went ahead and made made plans with a sex worker that I met on the internet uh, because I thought I had permission. Wow. I I thought we were in a... EDM dance party <laughs> relationship already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the the jokes I do about this are that I convinced myself I was in an open marriage because one day we saw this sexy postal worker and I was talking about how sexy this lady was. And you said this phrase to me. You said, you know, honey, do what you got to do. Don't ask, don't tell. And that was probably four or five years ago that you said that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember you saying that. And then you said it again at the beach or something. I was like talking about how pretty a girl was. And you said, dad, do what you got to do. Don't ask, don't tell. 
Um, and I kept collecting those moments. And we were also on a sex app mm-hmm. together. Yeah. A hookup app. Yeah. Called Thrinder, which is now Field. Correct. And we were kind of surfing around there, playing with the idea of like inviting a third wheel into the bedroom with us. So I don't the, think they like being called third wheels, but, <laughs> but sure. A third partner. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm going to be very clumsy and awkward on this episode because uh, it's literally making my skin crawl. Is sure. it? No, not really. I don't know. Uh, be clumsy. Be awkward. It's fine. But also be mentally prepared for me to make fun of you. Yeah. Um, so I thought it would be perfectly okay if I went and I did this thing. Uh, and had this date with it was a dominatrix. She she is a dominatrix, um, and uh, I knew it was wrong that I was doing it secretly. Mm. But at the same time, we were in a place where we were having very little sex, mm-hmm. and that was like really hard on us both in different ways. Yeah, I think, and um, yeah, I just justified it. I can I convinced myself that I had permission and that was like exactly two summers ago now Um, so crazy right yeah um first i want to say i hope any discomfort you're having talking about it has nothing to do with me because i'm fine no i think it's more like i'm ashamed i went you know i cheated on you like it was cheating and i guess uh i'm ashamed of that and i don't want to be a cheater um, and we've all cheated, you know, I have not cheated on you, but I, I mean, that brings up my side of, of the tale, uh, because yeah, like, did I make a date with anybody or, you know, hook up with a sex worker? No, but, um, the app Thrinder now fields, um, I was the only one that had control of it. I did have us on there as a couple, but I was definitely using it to like fantasize and check out and like, maybe not check out, but I was, I felt like I was doing stuff outside of the marriage in, in my own right, but it felt kind of safe to do. And I'm pretty sure I told you this, but sorry if I haven't, uh, around that same time, I remember I, I, I'm pretty sure I told you this. I had like one like full on sexting conversation with, with a guy Mm -hmm. and that felt really like, oh fuck, like what am I doing? This is crazy. You know, like an emotional affair. Yeah. Cause it felt like up until that point I was always sort of taught, like it was fantasy, but it was like, it all always came back to the idea that it would be like, you were involved. I'm married, blah, 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 you know? And then this became like a full texting conversation where I'm like, I was masturbating and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And texting phone number, like off the app? No, on the app, on the app. Um, and I remember like talking to one of my close friends and being like, it felt kind of fucked up that I did that. I'm like, should I tell him? Like, I don't know. And the friend being like, you don't need to tell him, but just like, don't do that again. (laughs) I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, and I didn't, uh, but I was, you know, I too was struggling because I was just like, we're not really having sex. It's like super vanilla. We're not really talking about it. I don't, I don't, my sex drive is not here, but I'm like sexting with somebody like what, what's going on here, you know? Yeah. And we'd only been married for what, like six months, yeah, five was, or six months at that point. Yeah. Like f- actually f- more like four, I guess. Cause yeah. it, if June is this, the sixth month we got married in the second, yeah. Four months of marriage, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Booyah>. <laughs> but we were together for six years yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like we've had, and I think any couple can relate to the ebbs and flows of sexual absolutely attraction and excitement. I mean, attraction is always there. Love is always there. Mm-hmm. Affection is always there. But yeah, there was like definitely times where we were just not, not hopping into bed, you know? No. Um, and you also shared with me that 
somewhere in there, you were reading Esther yeah. Perel's book. Mm-hmm. Opening up. Oh, no, Mating in Captivity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and thinking about raising the issue with me, yeah, but not sure how. Yep. Because anytime we were talking about it in terms of the app, it was like let's find a threesome, let's find a girl, yeah, a unicorn, yeah, uh, you know, to, and and it was like this kind of like fun thing to talk about. But I always compare that phase to like this game of chicken. Like we were just like yeah talking about it a lot and waiting for one of uh, the other person to just like. Say, all right, I found a person, we're doing it, or well, whatever. And, and for me, a huge hang-up was the fact that we were sober, and we didn't have something to, like, quote-unquote, like, break the ice, or, like, yeah. ease, they take the edge off, as it were. Because, like, literally every person I knew that had, had a threesome, like, either drinks were involved, or they were, like, really drunk. Yeah. And... Neither of us had ever had a threesome before. And so I was like, I don't even like this feels so awkward. I've like only been with Patrick now for like six years sober. I don't even know what dating sober is like or like reaching out to somebody for this sort of thing. Like it just I was so like because there was one girl I was talking to. And as it got like more realistic, I like immediately was just like full anxiety. Like I don't know how to deal with this and like actually make it happen. Right. Right. Just no confidence. And, but I also wanted to bring up too, that like over the years, we've probably a handful of times had like hypothetical conversations about like, what are our feelings about monogamy? And like, is that what we see for ourselves? And, and both of us have always kind of admitted to the fact that we didn't think monogamy would be like, it yeah for the rest of our lives yeah. but i don't think either of us expected four months in <laughs> to be like <laughs> all right it's time to no definitely uh, not definitely not but i think i think like i've always felt like i knew that it was nothing was going to be like a deal breaker with us yeah you know as long as you're not like murdering anyone which you know forensic files excluded i i am you know sleeping with one eye open yeah <laughs> with how much true crime you like um but i have the perfect plan uh oh my god <laughs> you look the part my man you look the part don't you go don't you fucking go near my peg okay i mean i have to get rid of all witnesses oh god look at that kong <laughs> she's she's slur- slurping all over this kong toy over there <sighs> Um, anyway, uh, I guess, yeah. Cause even when you told me about the dominatrix and we'll get into the details, but at first I, you know, I'm a fucking open-minded progressive witch, you know, like I, I get it. And I think probably part of it was like some relief for me too. Cause I was like, Oh, like we both are sort of struggling with something that we're not talking about. Yeah. Um, and also now some kind of door has been opened. Yes. The door had been kicked open. <laughs> kicked. Um, but it was, it was the secrecy and that I never, like, I never got tipped off. And I guess I just always thought that I knew you so well that like for you to keep a secret just seemed so like, I was like, oh my God, like, what is he capable? Yeah, I mean, even to this day, the thing I remember you saying was like, you didn't even give me the choice to say no. Mm. Like, I probably would have said yes anyway, but you didn't even, you just like left me totally out of the equation. And that makes me feel really terrible because like you are my number one and you are my partner. And uh, I wish I really had faith in that you could handle that Mm. conversation before I drove myself kind of crazy like yeah. going on this search and like this because it was like because the other element that was happening for me at the time was in therapy I was really you know like I had like I had this idea for this big show I, I'm actually finally now doing uh right after we got married and it was like April uh after we got married that's when I like had this like 
big idea like oh my god i could make this show and like do this thing and it could be like something i'm good at and something i can really put together it was like a one of those things that was just like i don't know felt like this is my calling for right now you know Mm -hmm. there was that happening but i was also really struggling with the lack of sex and which was causing me to like uh And because I was being passive about it, Mm -hmm. I was just retreating to like porn and isolated sexuality, AKA masturbation. And I was like, not, I was, I was finding a way that where that was enough. And I was like, well, fuck it. If we're not going to have sex, I'll just do this and whatever. I guess this is our life, you know? And I would talk about that in therapy and she, she brought up the idea of like, why don't I try to not do like look at porn at all and see see if that changes anything uh because that might take me from an isolated sexuality and turn us back toward each other mm-hmm. and uh, i did i did quit i did stop watching porn for some period of time and uh and i i do a joke about this that i i stopped looking at porn and then some weeks went by and that's when I started surfing sex ads on the mm. internet and convincing myself that that's not porn. That's a great and, joke. And I was just like getting turned on by reading these ads. So, uh, and then I started convincing myself, well, if I go, since I have this permission, do what you got to do. Don't ask, don't tell. And if I go see another human, then I'm not looking at porn. I am getting sexual gratification. Mm -hmm. So everything's fine. Like I basically constructed this house of cards to like make it all make sense. Um, But at the same time I knew it was like wrong. Yeah. And then I guess, I don't know if now is the right time to say like a lot of the porn I was gravitating toward involved, uh, uh, you know, scenes and scenarios where women are in charge and are dominating men and, uh, that's something I was always curious about. And, uh, the joke I've been making recently is, uh, when I was a kid, my brother had muscle and fitness magazine and I would jerk off to, uh, (laughs) images of like very muscular, strong women. So now I'm like having an attraction toward women that look like they could crush my skull, (laughs) uh, which you can certainly do with your, uh, personality (laughs) and sense of humor (laughs) and wit and intelligence. Um, yeah. And you also often joke that like, if we were to ever get in a fight, you like, you'd have to land that first punch because then you think I would probably kill you. I'd have to kill you in one shot. Yeah. Cause yeah. if I don't, I'm dead. Listen, this is very dark, but we're joking. There is no violence happening in this house. We like actually, I don't, we've there's like, only violence if it's consensual. We've, yes, we've only, like raised our voices at each other like a handful of times. We just have like challenging conversations. Like that's what our fights mm. are. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's not a bad podcast title. Challenging conversations. Challenging conversations. Coming to you live Brought on. Brought to you by Flashlight. <laughs> this is certainly a challenging conversation. Uh, actually. Yeah, the- it's, it's interesting. Like I'm so, I'm such an exhibitionist. I'm so like on stage. It's like I can like make jokes about it and be funny about it and uh, kind of have no shame. But like, yeah, it, it does feel very uh, uh, uncomfortable to just like lay out what happened, how it happened and why it happened. But I hope, I hope somebody's getting something out of it. Um, because the fact that we're sitting here talking means the ending is spoiled. Like everything worked out and like, we're we're living our best life now. And well, and you know, what's funny actually, which I think is like a testament to, the role that like jealousy and shame and um, um, secrets can play in sexuality and sex and how when it's done uh, with consent, it can be a real turn on. Yeah. And uh, like, so you, you came out to me about that stuff I was really fucking pissed for like a couple days. Mm-hmm. Made you sleep on the couch even. Yeah. One night or two. Well, I had a I had a gig in DC or something. So one night I was like away. Mm. Um and that really sucked cuz I was like, you know, I had to go be funny. 
And you like thought we were going to get divorced. Or yeah. Something. Literally not knowing like, did I blow up my marriage already? Like, is this over? Like, cause, cause yeah. So it was like a month later we were on a yoga retreat. This bitch. Uh, you wouldn't believe we're on a yoga retreat. We're getting in touch with our bodies and our spirits. And we're like having these like, and you're like, this is the moment deep conversations. <laughs> we're making all these new friends and I'm feeling so close to you. And we actually had great sex that weekend too. Yeah. We had a lot of good sex. Not a lot. We had really good sex one time. Oh, okay. It was only a few days. I mean, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I bought my first pair of Birkenstocks yes. uh, in Woodstock. Yes, perfect. And we're, we're at a vintage uh, outdoor market. We bought this thing we have hanging oh, in our yes. window. This like vintage uh, or antique stained glass window that I love. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I feel so connected to her. It's time to deliver the good news. I'll never forget that. Like sitting in the car. So we're already like back on the road driving towards New York City. Two hours away from home. Still two hours away. You're holding my hand, center console, front seat. And you're like, you look at me while driving on the highway. And I've been like hyping myself up for like 40 minutes. And you're like, I've got to tell you something. And I'm like, what? Like just, I mean, whoever wants to hear that phrase, right? Especially with this like earnest look while holding my hand <laughs> going 75 miles an hour on the highway. I'm just like, what the fuck? And I'm driving. Yes. And and you said, no, I, I don't think it's bad. I think it's actually good. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the moment. That's the moment it feels like you're at the top of the roller coaster. And like once you've said like, I've got something to tell you. Or the second thing in your speech, like you've got to just say the whole thing. Like, yeah, because and I think right away I started feeling like, oh, God, this I'm this is not going to go well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abort. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't. I, I, I plowed ahead. Uh, so at first I was sort of like, OK, like. Sure. Like, what did you do? Blah, blah. And then it was like. The more the sex acts were being revealed, the more I was just like starting to become furious and upset and sad. And I think there like hit a certain threshold where I then just started like screaming and, and crying. And I was like, don't fucking talk to me, <laughs> like, yeah. which I don't even know. I mean, maybe the first time we broke up, like when we were really early on dating, I yelled like that at you. But it was it was intense. It was a long hour and 45 Oof. minutes. After. It was a lot of just me staring out the window, crying and like sometimes saying things angrily to you and then like staring back out at the window. And uh, I think when we got home, I told you. I was like go do something. I was like, don't come inside with me. So I think you like went to a meeting or something. I did. I went to a meeting and I saw my friend there who, uh, I, um, I don't, I don't think it matters. He, he's a comic and he's also sober. And, uh, and I was just like, dude, I got to talk to you. And he's like, what, what's up? And I was like, I just told him the whole story, like everything, like <laughs> what I told you, I told him and yeah. then what I told, and then I told him about telling you. So it was like, and I know this guy pretty well, but not that well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's, what's amazing about meetings is you could just like say anything <laughs> and it, it actually did help. But like at the same time, I'm like, does that guy think I'm insane? Does that guy now think I'm a total pervert and freak and weirdo and, Yeah, you know, all that stuff. Uh, uh, but, uh, thank God I, I did have somewhere to go. Um, yeah. And so I basically was like, I don't want you in the house for a little while. Leave me alone. I need to like decompress by myself at the apartment. And then I told you that I didn't want you to, I, I think I was in the bedroom, like door closed. I was like, I'm in here. Don't talk to me. Like you're sleeping on don't the couch. Look at me. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. You're sleeping on the couch. I'll be in the room with the door closed. Like, don't even say hi to me. Like when you come in. Uh, so we did that <laughs> for a night. It's like really cute. So we like did that. And then, then I think you went out of town and I like a fucking full, like 
psychopath, like revenge nymphomaniac, like went on Thrinder and was just like sexting like a fucking mad woman. Like I didn't have to work, I don't think, the next day. And so I literally like this this is this is drug addict behavior. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, I'm hurting, I'm upset. So I'm going to fucking like go on this app and I'm going to fucking sext so many dudes. I think I like, (laughs) this is my, I mean, it's not embarrassing. I don't think it's embarrassing. I think like we all, we all do things that make us feel ashamed that have to do with sex and sexuality. So like we've all been there on some level, right? Like the spectrum is long and wide. Yeah. <laughs> and we've all like dabbled with some shit that like made us feel some kind of way. And that we wouldn't want anybody to ever know about us. Yeah. And it's like we we can actually all connect on that. And like doesn't Brene Brown talk about like shame and guilt yeah. and stuff and like that vulnerability. Like we have an opportunity to like connect with each other over these things. Right. Yeah. So I'm like <laughs> you're out of town. I'm in the bedroom like fucking shades drawn door closed sexting and whacking off fucking sexting and masturbating all day like how many times do you think you came uh maybe like three or four times pretty good pretty good but i mean it was like dark though like i would like sex with somebody it was like meth meth den but no yeah yeah it was like sending photos like not with my face in it or anything, but like, te- like sexting photos back and forth coming immediately uncon like unmatching from the person. Yeah. And like, I did that like multiple times. And also on this app too, it's like, if you're a fucking single girl on this like hookup app or not if you're a single girl, but if you sign up to look for single guys, your inbox be flooded. Like yeah. it was like suddenly I had like 400 dudes to sort through, you know, and like women are far less frequent on this app. Right. Shocker. Uh, so I had my pick of the litter and I was just cycling through and also getting the ego boost of like just getting liked by all these dudes on this fucking app. And yeah. I'm just like, fuck him. Like I fucking deserve this. <laughs> like just so angry. I do remember one of your texts was, was like, uh, uh, do you not think I can't just go wherever I want Ooh. now or s- something like that? And that really hurt. <laughs> I was like, oh, Mr. Big Stuff, huh? <laughs> I show you, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> oh, hon. Don't be sad. I'm I'm not. I'm I'm just ashamed. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like I'm like cheerfully ashamed. I'm just like ashamed. So it's like fine. <laughs> not sad. <laughs> um but long story longer, uh I also remember so like once you got back from your trip that week we had so much sex when you got back from your trip. We were like had hot sex like Every night that week. And I was like, well, damn. (laughs) I was like, he just had to like fuck around on me for us to have like really hot, like sort of kinky, but more just like, who the fuck do you think you are? But also like, don't leave me. Like it was like, Like you don't even deserve this. Yeah. Like desperate, but sad, but like dominating, you know, it was like incorporating all of this pain and discomfort which then led to really hot sex for the first time in like a long time yeah so that was revealing yeah and and also you really took the proactive role and you know you got us like an appointment with this uh therapist who we still see to this day yeah our couples therapist that was very soon after i mean what a miracle new york city like yeah I, cause you know, this is how I do. And I was like, oh, you did this and you like, didn't know how to talk to me about it. We're going to go see a couples therapist like immediately. Yeah. I fucking Googled like alternative sex therapist. Like, and she was one of the first things that came up. There's a whole, I mean, this is like a helpful resource to anyone that's looking for it. There's like a whole network of, therapists that work with 
people in the LGBTQIA community, uh, which the IA is intersexed and asexual. Mm -hmm. Um, And people that work with couples that are open, with couples that are kinky, like people that specialize in these arenas that feel so taboo that you feel like you can't talk about them with people. Uh, Just like people specialize in eating disorders or addiction or whatever, like people specialize in this stuff too. And there's a whole network of them in New York City. I believe the website is called Manhattan Alternative or I'll do some research and I'll put it in the the description. But um, I found her, I reached out and I was like, hey, this is the deal. Like we would love to come in and see you as soon as possible. And which is also kind of kismet because I feel like I've referred people to her and she's like, I'm book solid. Yeah, she's pretty busy. (laughs) So the fact that she was like, yeah, sure. I have an opening like come this day. And it was like maybe a day or two later or something. And we were sitting in her office recapping the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like we thank God for sobriety because I feel like. Yes. We really did like use the principles of like this 12 step program to like just like go figure out the healthy way of solving this problem. Yeah, totally. And get, ask for help. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, We don't shy away from that. Thankfully. Yeah. So that happened and we just like, yeah, did, did start working with her once a week and slowly, slowly, slowly like talked about like how to, how to get what we want out of this relationship, out of sex with each other. And then, eventually sex with other people and it took it took kind of a while for anything to really happen i think in october so we started seeing her in august or july late july early august Mm -hmm. then it wasn't until sometime in october that you had your first date with someone else Mm -hmm. and uh i remember that period of time feeling very exciting but also really scary like yeah. okay we're really gonna try this for yeah. real you know mm-hmm. and and in that period of time there's also a lot of reckoning within me like because i turns out i didn't tell you all of the truth yep. so there was these <laughs> i forgot about that part <laughs> there was this like cascading effect uh because because finally now that i had told you the truth I had to go back to my therapist and say hey like so everything we've been talking about about porn these last couple months uh I'm actually lying to you I I I, not only am I looking at porn sometimes but I cheated on my wife uh this thing happened I was going to appointments not talking about any of this I was doing it all secretly you know and Man, uh, you did a really good job of covering it up. Sociopathic levels. Yeah. Well, I compartmentalize, you know, like I really, once I justify that I deserve something and that I'm entitled to something, I like just find a way to put it in a little box in my brain and, and, uh, you know, so I don't know how much I want to share about yeah, yeah, everything yeah. else that I'd done, but basically in couples therapy and with my personal therapist, I just got really clear about different addictive sexual behaviors I've had throughout our entire relationship and your life that yeah. And my life. Yeah. A lot of which didn't involve cheating, but some of it did involve, I guess, more cheating. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, I got, it took some time to like get really clear with all that. um, And kind of like finally, I don't know when, but probably several sessions into our work, you were finally at a place where you like really knew everything. Uh, I don't know if you forgave me for all of it or what that process was like, but it finally went from like dealing with the, basically like putting out the fire yeah, and then like regrouping and then deciding how did we want to rebuild the house? Yeah. I don't know if that's a good metaphor. It's pretty good. (laughs) Well, I think like, you know, the, the thing that people bring up a lot when I do talk to people about that we're open and, um, how we got here, um, a lot of people, and not to say like, none of this is me saying, oh, we're better than you or like, we've got it figured out. Like, no, but, uh, 
a lot of stories that are told to me when I talk about opening up is like, oh, I had a friend that did it and it like didn't work out and the shit was really bad. And I was like, and then I always sort of ask some prodding questions and it like comes out that like it was sort of a last ditch effort to like make a relationship last or something like, and it never felt like that to me. Yeah. To us, I don't think, you know, it wasn't like, yeah, we weren't having sex that much, but it didn't feel like, well, I guess we'll try this and hope it works. Like it wasn't that it was more just like something is not working here. So let's see if maybe this is a way to, to help us out. But I've never like, you're it, you know, like I'm not, I'm not like looking around for, something to replace this, yeah. you know, and it never felt that way because our communication is so good and we do have a lot of tools and resources. So it was like having this issue and then finding help to deal with it was the solution. It wasn't yeah. like a last ditch effort for anything. Yeah. And like I, my, what I went out and I did was so specific. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like I'm like out here on the internet looking for a new girlfriend. Right. Right. It's like, like, cause the kink side of all of this kind of has to be talked about because, uh, yeah, it's like people like I was, I was, I was setting myself up for a life of secrecy and compartmentalization because yeah. I was so ashamed of having these like fetishistic desires for things that I only had seen on the internet and wanted to experience in real life. So I went Which, and I, by the way, they're on the internet because so many people it, have those right, interests. <laughs> right. So I went and did it secretly because I was so ashamed. And uh, yeah, that is, I don't know lot that's pretty good evidence to me that i'm not like looking to like not be married i'm just looking to have some specific adventures (laughs) fleshlight (laughs) with the cayenne pepper fleshlight what you do is you spice it up by putting your lube in there and then dusting some of that cayenne pepper inside spice it up (laughs) with fleshlight Talk um, about herpes. Woo! We always were up for spicing it up, you know? Yeah, yeah. We were always up for it. Um, Did I cut you off while you were in the middle of I don't something? know. I, 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 I feel like I couldn't really articulate what exactly I was saying there anyway, but... Uh, oh, I think just, just that, um, you know, this wasn't... And th- for us, this was not about salvaging something. And we also knew, like, I've known a lot of, not a lot, but I've heard from other people too that um, people trying don't ask, don't tell. Oh, yeah. Which I've often heard has not worked for people. Uh, I think we knew pretty early on that that would not work for us because that's just like, we're like sober people whose brains love to tell stories. So the less I know, the more my brain is like, off and running. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we could probably devote a whole episode to the mechanics of that because like, I want to know up to a point, Yeah, you know, and then there's lots of things I don't care to know. Yes. Uh, and we're a little bit different in that department. Yeah. But I mean, I have my, I have my moments too, you know, where I'm just like, I'm good. Thank you. Like, um, But I think that we started to realize that having, being uh, like autonomous and giving each other permission to like have our own sex lives outside of each other, not only would take the pressure off of each other, but also maybe contribute something to our own sex life, you know? And I think we saw we saw those results pretty quickly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think for, we were on quite a hot streak for a while there. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think that, that, uh, is probably true for a lot of people. Yeah. Because I think, you know, and I've heard this a lot too. And, you know, I'll also say 
this is, it's not that we believe that like everyone should be in open relationships and like, what the fuck are all y'all doing? You know? Uh, but I think that there are probably like nuggets of this experience that could be translated into yeah, something, you know? That's an interesting thing. Like I, there's a couple guys I've had these like long conversations with recently who are having different sexual struggles and, uh, relationship issues around sex. And, um, I gave them lots of my personal experience, uh, and, and some direct advice. And, um, I think I'm like, I can be really helpful in that way. And then, but then there always comes a part in the conversation where I, I say, and, and this was in both of these last things, because uh, a lot of my advice is like stuff like, you know, unfortunately, you just have to sometimes say exactly what you want. And I relate to being ashamed of just saying what I want. And yeah. I was unable to do that for a long time because it's hard to just say the word sometimes. But unfortunately, you do just have to be have that awkward conversation and just say what you're looking for and what you need or whatever. Um, there, there's that. And then also, yeah, just like basically the honesty thing, just be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, don't feel bad about it. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of the headline, but either way, but then after, after those things are said, then I'm like, well, I should probably share with you, like my wife and I are not monogamous. So like, <laughs> You know, but that that's a whole other thing. So I, I don't know if that's helpful or less yeah. helpful to know that about me. But, you know, and so that's like a thing where, uh, yeah, it's not for everybody. And we don't think it is. Um, but there's been a lot of lessons learned in the process, I think. Yeah, totally. Because like, I think at the end of the day, like, even if we did even if I did go about it in a healthy way with you and say, look, I want to go have this experience. Um, I assume it would lead us to the same place anyway. Yeah. Like it would probably lead to us deciding that we don't think we're monogamous people. Yeah. At least not now. And you know, people love to ask like, do you think you'll do this forever? Like, do you think you'll do this when you have kids? Uh, kid, kid, uh, and well, we have kids, we have Peg now. That's true. That's true. Um, and you know, the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> like we're, uh, we're figuring it out as we go. And like more information is like revealed as time goes on. And, um, I think that like, you know, there's a lot of assumptions, like a lot of uh, immediate responses I get when I tell people are like, oh, I could never do that. I'd be so jealous. And I'm like, I, wh what makes you think I'm not jealous? Yeah, I'm jealous all the time. <laughs> like, Just because I'm doing this doesn't mean that like I'm some like weird being that's just doesn't have that emotion. Like I'm we're human. Of course. Of course we get jealous. Like. Yeah. That's part of it. But I think that, um, I think a lot of people just assume that like people that do this have some like bizarre relationship to like other people that they're having sex with, that they can just like put that stuff on the shelf and free love and who's with me. Like, it's so not like that. And also jealousy can be hot. Like if it's, if it's talked about and worked with in a healthy way, it can be kind of hot, but it can also be like, I've been, I was giving this younger woman a little bit of a pep talk. I think mm -hmm. she's like 24 or 25. And she was telling me that her, this guy she was dating was really interested in being open and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, how old is he? <laughs> she was, I think she told me he was like around the same age, like 25 or 26. And I was like, yeah, he doesn't know what being in an open relationship actually is. Uh -huh. I, and she was like, yeah, I kind of get the feeling. I was like, it's just like, we have to give each other permission to be needy and like not think of neediness as like a bad 
thing or a bad word and to caretake each other when necessary and allow for jealousy and allow for those moments. And I think that younger people, when trying this, they do go into it like that. And yes, this is a sweeping generalization, but from and from people I've spoken to, from the small data sample I've collected, uh, that is sort of like a, a recurring thing that I hear is like people not giving each other permission to be jealous or to, you know, be like, hey, can you like just stay with me tonight? Like I, I need like a little bit of love and affection from you instead of you like going out with this other person, you know, and yeah. just like being thoughtful and just giving each other room to be fucking jealous humans that are like doing the best that they can in this like new situation, you know? And I think a lot of people are just like, we're all on the same page, right? Like yeah. just fucking get over it. Yeah, Like we decided this and you said, you said I could go. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of communicating and just and uh, compromise. Like yeah. just because you've agreed to be in an open relationship doesn't mean that you just get to do whatever the fuck you want whenever you want to do it. Like that's yeah. not unless no. that's the arrangement you have, which sounds complicated. Yeah. <laughs> but I think some people do go into it thinking that it's that and then they get really angry when it's not. And it's yeah. like we're we're coming at it a bit more thoughtfully and like we love each other and we also want to respect other people that we see. Yeah. You know, and that it's not just like fuck holes. <laughs> I just wanted to say fuck holes. <laughs> yeah. That's a good name for a podcast. Fuck holes. Fuck holes. Ready to fuck in your fucking hole. <laughs> Dump the cayenne pepper right into your fuck hole. Take it long and I deep. I hope you're not still listening, mom. <laughs> She's definitely I not. I cannot imagine. She definitely signed off very long ago. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll have to get into some specific topics with all this with new episodes. But I think this one can serve as a general backstory of uh, what all is going on with us and how it happened, how we got here. I mean, I uh, think that, um, you know, we're still going to give you some random hits from time to time. We're going to talk about a RuPaul's Drag Race. We're going to talk about a Bachelor because this show is called Who Cares? And we decide what we care about. Yeah. Uh, however, I do think that we're, we are taking the podcast maybe in a little bit more of this direction going forward. Would you say that? Yeah, just more, yeah, just like, being really open and honest. Uh, and, and like sex positive and like we've both talked about. I was thinking that could be a good name. The sex pause cast. Hmm. Maybe that's for someone else or something. Yeah. Are we changing our branding? I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's a good name. Is who cares a good name? Guys, tell, tell us. <laughs> Should we change our name 50 episodes in? What do you guys think? I mean, nobody really knows about us. Because then, because so. then it's also who cares about Ross and Patrick, but like the, the visual pun I'm going for with the ellipses is like, so it's who cares question mark, and then ellipses about Ross and Patrick. So it's like, who cares about them, and then also, the show is about Ross and Patrick. So weigh so, in. So, <laughs> so this is the full Ross and Patrick episode. That's right. Who cares? Hopefully somebody does out there. Uh, but you were talking about the young folks. I cannot imagine doing this in my 20s as a drunk 20 year old, 20 But I think that is what year old. a lot of people are doing. Yeah. And like I dated a guy who, who like I was 25, he was 26. We're both fucking drunks. Yeah. And he didn't believe in monogamy, he told me. And yeah. I was like what yeah. you know and I still kept fucking him and it was just like a nightmare of like insecurity and drunkenness and me like settling a lot and not even not being able to even know what I want or like articulate it you know yeah, and yeah. just being like wow this guy's like so alternative but like am I into this like I don't know you know yeah. and um I think there probably are 
some more mature, less drunk 20 somethings out there than I was. But, um, this, what we're doing feels very different from whatever the hell that was that I was attempting. Yeah. It hasn't yet felt totally out of control. No, there's been some moments where I'm just like, Whoa, this feels like too much. Like you, you had an upsetting sort of breakup, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. You were, you were seeing a, a gent for some months there. Months, yeah. And, uh, when it, when it, things broke off, it was very upsetting for you. And, and I, I then had the emotional, um, fallout and the emotional dust settling here in our home. And, and we process that in couples therapy. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to experience a breakup with you, but that's sort of part of it, yeah. you know? And, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, we can get into the details of that some other time, but yeah. You know, I, I think we, yeah, we very maturely have like walked through this, I think. Um, and it's been very exciting and spicy and fun and adventurous, but it's all, there's also been some like difficult times and, uh, some of it gets full on, um, tedious. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Scheduling. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there's lots of angles to it. And, uh, and now it's like, you know, I'm feeling this like nesting energy with you, with the dog and like that, that seems new and interesting. And, uh, where was I going with this? Uh, the point is that we're fine. Everything's good. And, (laughs) uh, I like our life. Me too. And, uh, you know, if you guys ever have any questions about it, please call in and we'll, we'll chat about them. DM us on the who.cares.podcast uh, Instagram. Um, yeah, we're going to talk more about this kind of stuff. I think we both want to have. Oh, a- I had one more anecdote okay. about 20s, mm-hmm. the 20s. Mm-hmm. I was seeing a, a gal for a little while there who I was in the room while she received a phone call from her long distance partner, primary partner who was, she was in an open relationship with. And, uh, in your twenties, you dated this. No, person. no, no. Oh, she was, she's in her twenties. Oh. And, uh, and I overheard her lie to him on the phone. Oh. She said, I have to go. I'm studying. But like, it was not, that's not why she had to go. She she had company and I was the company. And I remember thinking like... She didn't have to... She had to study that dick. <laughs> and I, calls. And I just remember thinking like, I don't want to do it like that. Yeah. Like, I don't want that to be ever how we're transacting. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, totally. Like, I, I don't... I want to be on the up and up with all people involved. Yeah. And I mean, truly, like, thank God we don't drink because I do feel like that just adds another layer of fucking chaos that (laughs) we don't need. Um, But, you know, we've talked about how now that we're open about this stuff, like we want to have other couples we know that are open or are living some sort of alternative life and... um, you know, professionals like sex workers, dominatrix, uh, dominatrixes, dominatrices, <laughs> um, uh, doms, like sex therapists, you know, like this is something I think we're both like really interested in. And I think it like lends itself to good interviews. And I think, I mean, people want, to talk about sex and are interested in sex and don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. And so, um, so we're going to bring you all that hot content. Ooh, that uh, hot content. We're going to bring you many hot fuckles. <laughs> Should we just call our podcast the fuckles? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dog. Uh, yeah, dog. What up, dog? Um, so, this is just one of many episodes that are going to be coming to you in the future. Coming to you. Yep. Now, get ready for sex puns, too. Boop, boop. Because um, we have lots of... <laughs> you know, people make that sound effect for the male orgasm, but that's not how it sounds. 
It doesn't sound like anything. It's usually silent, but I think if you put a little tiny microphone yeah. up there, yeah. like a little tiny, yes. tiny the world's yes. smallest microphone, yes. and you put it next to the urethral yeah. mouth. Is it a mouth? Sure. The urethral hole? I think it the would. Fuck hole. I think this. No, that is not the fuck hole. I know. I have the fuck hole. I mean, some people do put that metal thing in there. All right. But, but I think if you, I think you put a little microphone right there, I think the male orgasm would just sound like this. It would sound like. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound accurate? Or would it sound like this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would be, uh, if you got the microphone close enough, it would just go. Or it'll be like, <laughs> and there's like a little miniature, like microscopic tongue that rolls out, like in that cartoon dog. Yeah. And then it would have eyeballs. Yeah. yeah like in the cum. Yep. <laughs> like the sperm. Yeah. The little sperm in the splooge are going, Awooga! and you'd hear one of them say, get me out of here. We're busting out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that seems like a good note to end <laughs> Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for hot, sexy content. See you next week. Bye bye. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bing, 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 bing.